This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean. And I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to In Demand Accountant with Sam Dean. I hope that everyone is healthy and feeling okay right now. Obviously, we're in a very turbulent state, and I think for accountants, I think right now has been a particularly hard time, and we've really stood up And over the last six to eight weeks. And actually, you know, I think it's actually more, you know, three months now, really stood up, assisted our clients, and also truly feel assisted the Australian government in getting some of this stimulus package down. And I don't actually think that we're being recognised for that in some respects because, you know, I think that we really are the heroes and the stability underneath the business community. So in this, you know, real time of uncertainty, but also for us maybe a little bit of fatigue, it's really important to not get deflected from your vision. And that's why today I'm really going to focus on the attribute of being ambitious with the for the in-demand accountant series. And the reason why I particularly want to do this topic today is to really make sure that you continue with the clarity and the vision of the future and that you continue the relentlessness in, in seeing things through. Another aspect of it is to be really um, agile and accept discomfort and realising that that's where the growth is and that's where the value is. So to really look back at this time and the discomfort of it and, you know, grow from it because, you know, out of these sort of times is when really good change can be made. So I think that the ambitious characteristic of an in-demand accountant is one that really needs focus right now, particularly around the clarity and vision and make sure that you keep in line with that and you keep going. We're in a moment in time at the moment. Things will return to prosperity. Who knows what our new normal will look like, but that's okay. That's what change is all all about. But it's really to keep clear on where you actually want to go and not get distracted from that vision. How you get there, of course, is probably going to change, but it's having that clarity and vision going forward. So let's first of all go through the first part of it, which is a clarity. And there's two points to this. If you have, if you have done this sort of work and you want to, and you are, do know where you want to go and you feel that something's happened to rock it, you know, use this session to revisit that. But if you're not clear on that, then use some of the tips and the tricks that I'm going to tell you to see if you can get a little bit more clarity on that. Now, please be warned. You're constantly working on the clarity and, you know, honing this over a lot of time. When I first started looking at what I wanted to do, 
and where I saw my either my business or myself being, I had a very clear vision that I wanted this sort of collaborative, physical, if you like, looking accounting firm where there was a collective mix of advisors in them and you would go into a car park and there would be buildings all around. We would have a real estate business advisory, as it was called back sort of 15 years ago. Um, we had bookkeeping, tax and, and a whole lot of other looking things. Now, I still have that exact same vision. Now, it's being delivered now in a very different way because I'm working directly with advisors to bring and train, you know, how to get to that collaborative and then obviously in the accounting firm doing it and maybe using software and stuff. But the vision's still the same, to get advice to SMEs on all aspects and have the accountants as the central advisor to bring a lot of that together, whether that be in their own areas or as a collaborative network. So the vision hasn't actually changed. How I'm doing it has changed significantly over the time and the messaging around that has also been developed and will obviously continue to be developed as you've seen with a shift um, to the in-demand accountant and what we need to be to actually make this vision happen. So don't worry if you can't get clear on this, but you will constantly be working on this. But I think right now, you know, with everything that's going on is, is a time to set back and sort of look at where we want to be and what our, we want our future to look like. The mechanics of it's a bit scary because things are changing so rapidly. We're not sure maybe how we're going to get there, but we're going to really try to jump over this. I think one of the blocks that we have as accountants, um, particularly ones more in my generation, so if you're sort of in your 40s, 50s and 60s, you know, when we started out, we sometimes fell into accounting because it was the thing that you should do. If you did a commerce degree or a business degree, it was just a natural into public accounting and then maybe off to somewhere else. And then now, you know, these days when our next generation of employees and business owners and accountants are coming through, they have a much bigger, broader range and probably a lot more knowledge and exposure of what else they could be around this and a lot more information and knowledge. Now, this also comes obviously with its own challenges because it can be quite confusing, particularly when you're young. I always knew I wanted to be an accountant from a very, very young age, but I am surprised when I work with people that, you know, sometimes it's a fall-in stuff and you fell in love with it as you go. And, and you know, some people I've worked with um, still aren't in love with it even after many decades of doing it and we can take some of the skills and actually change, you know, where they position themselves in that. But, you know, it's very important to to get clear on that and it makes you some decisions, you know, going forward much easier. And it also, I find it makes it much easier if you can come back into this space and really spend some time with yourself on going, getting clear on where you want to be. It will make the decisions that you make going forward over the next six to eight, 12 months or whatever it's going to be, which is going to be hugely challenging, a lot clearer and a lot easier to make. So let's start with um, how. how. How can we actually get clear and get clarity around that? So this is something that I'm, I've worked with. You know, I've had people help me get clear over many times and, you know, I've worked with many people. And this is the one I find works the best for me. Um, I'll give you some other tips and tricks that might work better going forward. But what I want you to do is, when you get some time, you sit down and imagine that you are sitting either maybe where you work or where you feel most comfortable and safe. I always try to visualize myself if I'm doing five years or 10 years that I'm sitting on the veranda of my house. 
looking over and I'm thinking back over the last four or five years and what I've achieved and, you know, what might be done and how I'm feeling at the moment. So these are some of the questions. You jump forward over five years, you get rid of, I'm never going to be able to do this because, or this is in the way like a pandemic or JobKeeper or, you know, whatever's going on in your head. And then really think about these um, five questions. So what is it that I'm doing in my day? What are my clients saying about me? What are my staff saying about me? Or generally what people are saying about me, depending on how you want to frame that question. How am I feeling? Am I feeling a sense of achievement? You know, how am I feeling around that? What have I done to get there? What changes have I made? What have I achieved? So these are the five questions. Let me run through them. What am I doing in my days? What are my clients saying about me? And what are my staff saying about me? How am I feeling? What have I done to get there? And what have I achieved? So if you can ask those five questions, jumping over them, you know, it's a really powerful thing. You need to write down and you need to take note of what first comes up. And it could be even if you're driving or however you're listening to this right now, it could even be what just flipped through your head, particularly in the first question. Because sometimes I find that that's different from what we think on the trajectory that we're, we're on right now. Once you've sort of written all that sort of stuff down, you know, look back and, you know, go back to maybe the master of your craft or maybe some of the exercises you did there and um, have a look and make sure that they're in line. Hopefully they will be. And then, you know, really spend some time time in that and, and mulling out what that would be. Then when you've done that, sit back now and get a little bit more pragmatic about it because this is really important, particularly right now when there's so much coming at us all the time. We need to create space so we can actually, and time, if that's a better word for you, to make some of those happen. So you need to think, what are the small steps that I could do in the next 30 days, the next 90 days, to actually achieve that? And make sure that there's steps that take a small amount of time because I'm going to assume that most people I'm talking to right now are tax accountants and there's obviously a lot going on. But we know that when we get in this treadmill of compliance and stuff and we wake up and they're in just another year or whatever's going down and we are in a worse zone than ever. So right now it's important to make these changes so you can get through to September when there's going to be a lot of stuff going on with businesses and stuff. So it could be something if you're – you know, vision was perhaps, or you really wanted to think about yourself. What I want to be doing with my days is giving great advice and mainly just doing client advice and facing clients, but in meetings and stuff, not actually doing the crunch work. My clients are saying that I really understand um, and I really feel safe with my particular, with yourself and that they know what they're doing and they know that they can call at any time, but they also know that they've got a support crew if you're not there. You're feeling quite relaxed because you're not working 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. You've got a great team that can, and a very agile team that can ebb and flow with the demands and the changes and that you've achieved this, this great team. So one of your goals for the next 30 days, just to give you an example, maybe something like I'm going to start learning how to put more systems and processes in and find a little bit about that. That I'm going to really dig down to see and notice when jobs are coming through 
you know, if they're stepping through or whatever, I'm going to start listening to what my clients are saying when I ask them how they're going. Or I'm just going to spend one or two telephone calls a week and that's all to ask my clients how they're going and, and what they would like about me. And if you're super brave, you might ask them how they're feeling and what their feedback would be on your work. And then you might have a 90-day goal of that you increased your, you know, your turnaround time in your firm by three or four days and you're going to do it by putting some planning budgeting on or you're going to come and see Blueprint HQ and, and see how you can get it more efficient. That would be obviously me, a great 90-day 90, 90, um, plan. So just step that out. I'm going to make available on the website just a quick two-page PDF where you can actually brainstorm that with some better examples that we can't cover off, you know, in this forum. But, you know, if you want to start to get clarity and spend some time, you don't need to take a lot of time. I completely understand. You don't need to take a whole week retreat. I would strongly recommend that you do take some time off right now, but you need to clear your head and everything. But when you've got some time or space or even put aside um, first thing on a Monday morning, just an hour or so, just to sit down that over the weekend, just to try to get some clarity. It would just help, I promise. So once we've got a bit more clarity and a bit more vision for our future, you know, what can we do to relentlessly see things through and start accepting some discomfort? I think one of the big things for me, and this also then will link into Brave Leadership, which we'll go through in a later um, podcast, is um, letting things happen. And there's two elements to this. We're going to talk about about letting things happen and then we're going to talk about making mistake-free zones both for ourselves um, and our staff, which is super important in this going forward. I think for the you know generation I was talking about a little bit earlier is that we need to then also learn something from the, the current generation of workforce coming through and actually sit a bit more empathetically with them as well and actually learn that they want a bit more choice, a bit more balance between work and health. And they're really learning that to work smarter and not harder and getting a lot of information about that. And I know that we hear that, but we're very much brought up with we just need to throw more hours at it um, and then we will solve these problems and we need to do it ourselves. But it's been very proven through research and everything that this doesn't, make you more efficient, actually makes you less efficient and effective. And I think we need to learn this both for our own self-care and then also to then really, as we go forward, and we want other people to join us in being an in-demand accountant. We want the next generation that we need to get this right. So how do we make this switch, you know, of how we've been trained and frankly um, pounded into us? It's very uncomfortable for us to sit back and create time and space to let things happen. I have learned this, a couple of burnouts, and you know, just recently this also happened to me. So rather than making things happen to actually let the, all the work that you've done and the foundations that you've put in place and what you have to do, when I was sort of getting the content ready for this, this particular episode, I was really thinking about this, you know, making things happen and sort of, the, you know, letting back, sitting back and creating space and letting things happen rather than pushing just more of our time at it and thinking maybe this is one of the reasons why we and particularly I struggle with putting on in, say, new systems or even looking at new styles of attracting clients like through the some of the online funnel sales driven um, that have driven that actually automatically drive leads 
sales and income, you know, based on letting things happen, you know, through systems and other people and we get all the mechanics in space. And I think this is why as an accounting industry, we struggle with this as well and become so, you know, the, the key, uh, the key advisor driven or the partner driven is that we have been trained not to let things happen and not let even the things that we put in place, you know, make things happen as well. This is why we struggle um, with letting our teams, you know, work with clients and we tend to get in the micro stuff. And I don't know if you've ever done it, but, you know, you, you instead of reviewing something, you might redo it for a staff members. And then why we also then create that, struggle with maybe creating time to let ourselves just rest and that way we can be really creative and efficient, you know, even during our day, you know, taking a whole lunch hour as opposed to pushing through to get that extra hour done so we can come back and then we look at a particularly complex problem and it just seems to solve ourselves. So I think that this is, a, you know, one of the elements as to why we struggle here. You know, one of the hardest things I've had to work on and I'm still working on if I'm not in my quest to be a brave leader and also, you know, really get this accepting of discomfort and stuff going forward and sort of also driving, trying to drive, you know, the new style of businesses that we know we need to go into. We're not really sure what they look like, but is that, you know, I've developed systems and processes and education that have really worked for clients and then struggle sometimes to let it happen by trusting other staff and everything to actually work it. And it's not a trust of them. It's actually a trust of my systems and that ability to actually let it happen. Previously, I think this sort of block of mine and my discomfort is previously been taken up to not trusting, you know, everyone to review and maybe be redoing it a bit if I look back into my tax days. It keeps popping up and needs to be recognised. And as I reflect back, I could hear it and... I don't know if you hear these things, but if you're hearing things like, you know, not from your staff or from your clients that I'm not ready to do this or they continually come in with questions and checking back with you rather than doing it themselves and giving them permission not to actually rely on me. This was not necessarily because my staff couldn't do it. And if I have to be really honest with myself, I think that some some of it had a bit to do with me not wanting to let go wanting to let things happen and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person um, listening to this who would be guilty of that. So if you're hearing that and, you know, that they don't think for themselves, and that's a very big one that I hear when I'm working with firms, you really need to think, is this something to do with me? So, but as a brave leader, we really need to ask, you know, have I let them? Have I given them the safe space to make mistakes? and not always save them from making the mistakes, then taking their ability away to learn. Also, I want to also for you guys to consider, have we actually given ourselves this space to truly make mistakes, which is so important in our development as leaders and ambitious and in-demand accountants? So for now, let's talk about mistakes for a moment. For professional experts, I think this is one of our um, biggest struggles here that we have had to, had it pounded into us, you know, certainly around technical mistakes and that they can't have ever happen and we don't have the time to make mistakes or deal with them. So we fix them 
before they even happen in a certain extent if we're talking about sort of more experienced advisors going back and fixing other people's mistakes for them. This then leads into um, I can't implement a new system, etc., as it might be a mistake. I can't go down this path because it might be a mistake. The problem we've got now going into the future is that areas and actions that may or may not be mistakes can't even be measured or known um, as there's no factual or legislation, etc., numbers to back it up. And for us experts, that's really, really uncomfortable because how do we actually know if we've made mistakes, you know, going forward? So it's the unknown that we're afraid of. I've never done that. I don't understand that. I'm not willing to go there as I will have to research myself, find out stuff. And these are all fears that I have. I'm just talking to myself here at the moment, but I know that it's um, strong amongst most professionals. And I certainly don't have the time to explore it to make sure that I know if we're having a mistake rather than let it happen. So this is where the clarity comes back and linking back into that. If you know where you want to go and head, what you're certain of what you want to be doing and feeling, or even who you want to be doing it with, and this is a characteristics, I'm not necessarily knowing people. We can give ourselves the trusted framework um, to seek the decisions out and then decrease the fear of making mistakes or the fear of others making mistakes on our behalf. Let's be clear. It's not the fear that mistakes won't be made because, of course, they will be. It's the fear that we will be judged or measured by them. We need to make mistakes as an in-demand accountant. That's where we learn and that's where our staff and clients learn and sometimes it's the best things that can happen to you so how do we make it safe and less uncomfortable because we're never going to get rid of the discomfort entirely to actually make mistakes when we are trained and our personality types are such that it really goes against the grain well number one i'm going to define what i actually mean by mistakes here i think that's really important because as within most words we um, have different definitional So what we're talking about here is actually the actions results that push the current boundaries of your knowledge and behaviour, skills and people. I'm not talking about that's the third time that you haven't picked up that 7A entry or that you haven't prepared a budget or that you've told me you're going to do something and that you haven't done it. So those are mistakes that we'll call what I will call more operational mistakes and once they've made a couple of times, they shouldn't be happening again. So we're not talking about operational mistakes here. And a word of caution, don't let things like this one time I made this mistake and this happened or this one time my colleague of mine did this and got in lots of trouble, get in the way of your learning. Don't let that once time things do. Look at the majority of things that you've done in your life that have mistakes and what you've actually learned from it. So let me just revisit that for a quick minute. What I'm talking about when I'm talking about mistakes, I'm talking about actions and results that push the current boundaries of your knowledge, behaviour and skills of people. Okay? So how do we create a mistake-safe zone with our staff and with ourselves? There's three elements to this that I've learned. The first one, which is the hardest one, and don't go on to two and three until you've got this at least, you know, somewhat under control. Talk about and admit your own mistakes. There's a couple of things here. First of all, the admit. So if something happens and it's, you know, done straight away, admit that you were wrong immediately. 
And then, you know, in with staff, talk and you see mistakes being made, talk about your own experiences in this, you know, over the last few decades. And then the third element to this is you being the leaders of teams um, and even whoever you are a leader of, sometimes you actually have to make take mistakes on as others as leaders. And this is super, super important because sometimes it is actually our fault. We don't like to admit this, and this is certainly something I don't like to admit. But if our systems and processes and our training or communication hasn't been strong enough, sometimes the mistakes that are made by our staff are indirectly you know, involved in the leadership. So we have to take it. And at the end of the day, we own the business. So ultimately, we are the buck stops with us. So talk about and admit your own mistakes is the first key element and so powerful in making a mistake-safe zone. The second element is a structured forum to discuss mistakes and actually bring them out in the open, and you can do this weekly. We'll drill down on this a bit more. And when mistakes are made, everyone has to feed back what they actually learnt and what would they do better. So there is actually a learning element to it rather than just saying it's safe to make mistakes, but what did you learn what would you do better next time so they're not made again. So let's drill down to the first element of admitting and talking about your own mistakes. This holds so much power as a leader, but it's super hard for us to do, particularly us more perfectionist professional types. In fact, if anyone tells you it's easy, turn off immediately. But we have to get comfortable in a discomfort, and it will give you a superpower with your teams and your clients, and frankly, anyone you deal with going forward. So how can you start building up this comfort where it's something that's super hard to do? And honestly, it is a habit and it's one that I've worked very hard to develop, so I'll give you some tips and tricks. First of all, start small, perhaps, and start building up that knowledge. It could be something as simple as if, you know, your PA or receptionist rings you and says, you know, this client is really being bugging me, say, oh, that was my fault. I should have rung that client back when I had the chance. I'm a little bit overwhelmed. So I haven't done that. And so when you do ring the client, you know, say, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. It was my fault. And, you know, this is what's happened. And it's super powerful not only for your staff to see, oh, they're taking responsibility for that. Therefore, they will if when they do make mistakes. And also for your client to say, okay, you understand what my concerns concerns are and you're not going to, you know, humor me with, with some kind of weaker excuse. Next step, once you get ready to actually admit straight up, you've made some small mistakes is actually then talking about your mistakes going forward and you could start here by just in a review meeting or or something say oh you know when I was a bit younger I'll tell you about this time that I made a made a mistake you know and, and link it back to the situation that you are don't make it up but you know make sure that something actually happened and what you did to actually help you either rectify the mistake or make sure that it happened again it's super powerful if people can see you and how you've developed where you are right now and and how you embrace mistakes going forward so just a couple of tips as i said admitting and talking about your mistakes is the first element there's also really much a economic and efficiency benefit from this honestly most mistakes that you made do you know don't have that much impact there are mistakes that where are caught early, you have the time to plan and correct. And sometimes there's little mistakes made that you might just glance over or think, oh, I won't deal with that, then can be misinterpreted and blow up. And then later on, I don't know. I know I can think of a few in our career that if they just been worked 
immediately or I had admitted that that happened straight away or someone else had that we could have dealt with it much more efficiently. And if you deal with it straight away, even if it's not something that has to be resolved straight away, you've got time to plan. This is also the benefits of admitting mistakes. It's extremely trust building and it's, you know, going to say, hey, this happened, we are human, and it actually does humanize us and make us much better advisors. So those are the both the, the, the two elements. And I've had, you know, a few instances in my career where if someone had just spoken up straight away, the angst and thing would have been avoided. So if you've ever ha- felt that, I wish I had dealt with that immediately or I wish I had discussed that, you know, really work on that and because there's nothing more inefficient and then even if it's not a monetary thing and then you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it emotionally, the efficiency from admitting um, your mistakes straight away and more importantly teaching the staff to do it as well is huge. The second element of that is actually giving a structure forum to actually discuss mistakes and, you know, bringing them forward. So we have a thing in our business of, What's the great mistakes you made this week? Particularly in Blueprint HQ where we're kind of ahead of the game. Um, we're constantly making mistakes. So, you know, we drive to sort of be pushing the boundaries a bit. So we want to see that. The second part of this is obviously, um, what did you learn from them? And how would you rectify? Or, you know, should we just drop that or whatever that makes that? And then the third element of it is having that constant framework of when a mistake is made, what did you learn and what did you do better? Um, what would you do to do better or would you actually even do that element again? So your goal here is to have your staff to come to you and say, this is what happened, this is what I did to deal with it, and this is the result. This is happy days. You don't get that until you give yourself and your staff a mistake-safe zone. Super important to do. So just looping back to the whole, there's quite a bit of content today, particularly around being an ambitious, the ambitious element of being an in-demand accountant, to have clarity of your vision for your um, future and be relentless in seeing things through and some of those elements that you need is to sit down and really get um, the clarity, so really stepping into where you want to be in five to ten years' time and really getting clear on that, working through what we did earlier in the session. And then around accepting the discomfort and the main area of discomfort and growth that we really worked with is exploring, letting things happen. And then one of the key elements, obviously, to letting things happen is to create a mistake safe zone for both yourself and your staff. I think going forward that we are really in a time when this is really crucial. You have to be clear of where you want to go so you can be agile in making decisions you know, as they come out a bit faster. And we will constantly be making mistakes, particularly around, you know, pushing our current knowledge boundaries and behaviours and skills all the time and solving the problems that we don't know the answer for. So these skills and these areas that we need to create for our staffs and ourselves are super, super important to um, go forward, not just as an in-demand accountant, but as skills, you know, setting us up for success in this very uncertain time that we are in, in at the moment, and I don't think that's going to change. I think one of the certainties we have going forward is the uncertainty that will continue um, in our new norm. Anyhow, thank you so much again for your time. I so appreciate 
the time that people take, time super valuable to everybody. I heard a saying the other day that said I'd rather spend my money than my time, so I really appreciate the time that you've spent with me here today. As usual, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.